everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Good. All right, you want to start this thing off and go over uh, any closing or opening trade you had last week? Yeah, so I had a really good week um, for my weekly contracts. Um, let's see here. What did I open for my weeklies? Um, let's go to the first here. Take a look. So... Looks like I traded ticker symbol um, ALGN. So that was my first position I put on on Monday. Um, that was a call spread. 670 was my short. I want to say they were cooking really good uh, early in the day. So I was like, uh, I'm going to play the call side on and you know hope people just take profit on it. Um, so that was the first one I got on, and then I did uh, PDD, which is Pen Duo Duo, I believe. That one was also the call side. Um, they must have been cooking for me to go call side on that one. Um, then ticker DE, they must have been ripping as well because I played call side there. Um, and then Moderna, so MRNA, I sold a put spread on them, so they must have been dying off. Um, early in the week, and then uh, CRWD uh, CrowdStrike looks like I went puts there as well, so they must have been selling off pretty good. Um, NTES I sold the call spread there, so that um, they must have been cooking pretty good, and then uh, Novavax as well. I believe they were ripping pretty good uh, on Monday. So I, I sold call side on there and then um, put side on Microsoft. I think they were getting beat down a little bit. Um, so I went put side there. Um, so I had a bunch of those openers early in the week. Let's see what else I got on here. I sold a spread on Google as well, put side. So they must have been having a beat down. And then uh, also Amazon. Yep, they must have been uh, selling off a little bit too because I sold put side there as well. So I pretty much went against the market. Uh, that's what I've been doing like on all these trades is like seeing something selling off and selling puts and then seeing if something's ripping and selling calls and just, you know, hope things are cyclical and it's been working out pretty good. So it's kind of what I did there. Um, let me see if I got on anything else. I don't think I did until Friday. Um, did you get into Tesla? <laughs> you know, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to play them, but it's the options are jacked, man. Like it's like fifty wides or something. Last time I looked at it, but I've been wanting to sell a call spread on them so bad. But I don't know, probably a bad idea because it sounds like they just keep going higher. Um, now nah, I haven't been able to play them. Um, so I got a bunch of trades open on Monday, and uh, I think I was texting you about it, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I've got. ALGN deep in the money, and then I've got uh, Novavax deep in the money. So they had like, I want to say, 
if I'm not mistaken, they had kind of crappy earnings or something. And then they, they ripped hard after hours. And I was just like, this is stupid. Like, I think these are like bad, you know, bad earnings, but they're going to the moon. And I was just like, man, I hope they sell off. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I hope they sell off. Cause I was texting, you know, like, I need something to happen here. Like I need ALGN to die. I need Novavax to die. Like I need something good to happen so I can make out, you know, with a decent profit and not end up taking a loss for the week. And then on Friday, um, Novavax did die like extremely hard. Um, so it looks like reality kind of set in there. So they died off super hard. Um, and then I think Pfizer kind of took everybody down because they had uh, some news come out about, I think, like an oral pill or something that's supposed to help against COVID. So I think it killed like Moderna and Novavax and, um, you know, a lot of those other vaccine companies. And um, so things were looking pretty good for me. I think ALGN was still in the money, but I'm like, whatever. Novavax died. I should be good. Um, and what I did is um, Moderna was down, I think, 25% or something early Friday. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I've got to sell a put spread on like, the, you know, this is stupid. So I sold another put spread on Moderna. Um I think, oh, the original one blew me up. That's right. So the original one completely blew through. So Novavax backed off, but Moderna was one of the ones that was deep in the money on me. And I already knew I was going to lose that original position. But when they were down like 20, 25% early Friday, I was just like, I've got to sell a put spread. They have to rebound. So I sold another spread there, same day expiration on Friday. And then Novavax with that huge move down after the earnings, um, same thing. I was like, I got to sell a spread because they were down like 10 or 15% or something crazy. I sold a couple additional put spreads there on Novavax and Moderna. And then ALGN uh, was still up. They blew me up on the call side. So I went same day expiration on ALGN and I sold a new call spread against them thinking the same thing, like how are they going to continue to go higher? Um, and then also um, Expedia, I think, was up like 15% or something dumb. And I didn't even look like, is it earnings? Like, what, you know, what's going on here? I don't really care. They're up too much. So I sold the call spread there. And then um, I saw booking. BKNG was smoking or doing pretty good. So I'm like, I, I, you know, I'm going to sell a spread on them too. And then uh, Airbnb, I think they were ripping pretty good. So I sold the call spread there. That was on Friday, same day expiration. And then the last position I got on was uh, MELI. And they were cooking pretty good, I think. And the options were really weird. Um, I was able to get like 135 bucks on a five wide. And the probability was like really low that it was going to be in the money. So when I kind of saw the chain, I was just like, man, this thing is paying way too much. Like I got to take this trade. Like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe the implied volatility was like, you know, through the roof, but it seemed pretty good. So I sold a spread there and that um, ended up being that last trade I got on on Friday. And then uh, things worked out really well because I had the original Moderna position. I mean, I knew I was dead, dead on that one because um, my short was 310 was <laughs> my short put and they were down like in the low twos or mid twos or something like that so I had to buy back my original Moderna 
And then I ended up buying back my Novavax um, put side because they ripped really hard and recovered nicely, but then they were pretty close to my short put. So I was just like, I'm not going to let this thing screw me, especially like after hours, because I think there's like an hour and a half that people can still assign you on, you know, on stuff if it goes in the money after hours. So I'm like, I'm not even going to, you know, give that a chance. So I bought that back, I think around like a 50 or 60% profit. So I still got out pretty good. And then um, I had a buyback on BKNG. Um, so that one I think was 50 or 60% profit as well. Um, so just had a couple buybacks. And then the AGLN, that was so deep in the money. I didn't want to pay fees or commissions or anything. I'm just I'm gonna let you know my uh, short one get assigned and my long one exercise. Um, so yeah, after all that madness, I made out with like, I think over 8% for the week. So it was another really good week on the weeklies for me. And then, uh, I did get on some stuff for December's, just the monthlies. It looks like SMH, um, what else here? Jets. I've been playing Jets on the put side. So I got a December, uh, put sold on Jets and then... KRE, um, I think that's like regional banking ETF or something. And then uh, the Qs. So I sold call side on the Qs, man. Uh, wish me luck on that because I'm probably going to lose on that one. And then SPY. Yeah, I, I sold on the call side on SPY too, man. So wish me luck on that as well. Those are probably both going max loss. Um, so yeah, I got some December monthlies on as well, but um, yeah, pretty good. I was pretty happy with the uh, weekly contracts. Nice. I didn't do too bad. Um, didn't have a lot of closing trades. Uh, came out with a just small profit this week. So I had my SOS uh, deep in the money call. I ended up just exercising it. And uh, now I have 100 shares of SOS. Did my cover call like I always do and went max profit on that, but they declined in price. So I'm still at a loss on that. And big five. So I've been holding big five for a while and I normally don't trade uh, things that are just because they're heavily shorted. But when I saw that big five was shorted over 40% and they had earnings coming up and their last earnings wasn't that bad, I decided, yeah, screw it. I'm going to, you know, take a shot at this. So grab some shares. Um, they had earnings on the second, which I believe was Tuesday. And when they had their earnings, they announced that they were going to have a special dividend. So they were going to give a buck per share to anyone uh, that owned shares by, I believe, the 17th, if you're on the books. So I expected this thing to just shoot to the freaking moon. I mean, a special dividend plus they already had a 25 cent dividend. Uh, not bad earnings, but not great. And a 40, a 40% short. I thought this thing was just going to hit like 300 bucks, but it didn't. It, you know, they had a good run, uh, since earnings, there was like a 20%, almost 20% rip, uh, to the high and they kind of stagnated around 30 bucks. So I ended up selling, um, when was that selling on the third when they were just kind of hanging out. And then I thought, okay, this thing hasn't moved as much as, you know, it should, 
with the super high short interest and you know the special dividend and all that. So I looked at the chart and I saw okay, 32 is like their last big high they've made. So I'm gonna set a buy order to get back into this thing. If they cross above 32, I'm gonna grab some more shares and just you know set another uh, stop in it. And then they started kind of stagnating again at around 33. And I was like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to take that quick. You know, it was a super fast day trade, uh, made a buck per share on it. And then, of course, they shot all the way up to 42.70 after I sold and then just died off after that. And, you know, right now they're trading at uh, about 30, 39. So, you know, made profit on it. Could have made some more, but yeah, that's how it works. Um, I ended up selling a put spread on. OXY, which is uh, Occidental Petroleum. I uh, where the hell are my? I can't see the fill. Uh, but yeah, they had I, another one that I didn't even know they had earnings, but they beat earnings pretty easily because of the price of oil right now, and they ended up selling off a bit. So I'm still about a buck out of the money, and they're not tanking super hard. So. Still in good shape. That one expires on Friday. Um, definitely going to have to keep an eye on that one, though. FSR, I sold a put spread on them uh, a few weeks ago, and that expired on Friday. That was Max Profit. That was my other big five. And the one that freaking crushed me, man, was Snapchat. They just couldn't make it above my short. I think my short was at... Um, the hell was it? Oh, uh, my short was at 54 and or 53 and they just could not do it they started ripping a little bit and i knew they weren't going to make it uh 15 minutes to close so i ended up closing it for uh 80 what was it, 87 bucks instead of the full uh 92 that it would have been worth so uh yeah that one bit me but at the end of the week i ended up making you know small profit so i'll take it yeah, man, definitely always good to be making out with, you know, a little bit of cash versus uh, a loss for sure. So even if, when you have those like one to two percent weeks, it's like, well, I've had worse. Um, I'd, rather, <laughs> I'd rather have this than, you know, taking a loss. So it is what it is. Yeah, that's, you know, I've come to the point in my trading that I'm not going for home runs all the time anymore. It's like, you know, uh because, I mean, crap, we've talked about it. We've held hundreds of shares of AMC before when they were trading it like a buck. And then, you know, if you want to just kind of keep thinking about that and piss yourself off, like, oh, my God, I could have had so much money right now. But it's like, you know, I made a profit on the trade, so it is what it is. I'll get into it again if I see a, a chance at more profit. If not, you know, just got to move on to the next one. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to just, you know hang out i mean i don't definitely don't do it um or really like to do it just you know buy in these companies especially things that are a buck or a couple bucks and then just like hang out and like hope that all of a sudden you know it's this massive sh short squeeze and you're going to retire it's like just sitting there watching the thing go sideways or slowly bleed like so many of these you know penny stocks and it's just like a you could be active, you know, making profit and stuff. Um, so, yeah, definitely not uh, good to think about those uh, insane things that happen in the market. Yeah, definitely, because they don't happen all that often. But people act like, 
you know, they happen every single day. Well, I, mean, I guess they kind of do happen every single day. You just have to be the one that times it perfectly every time because you see these penny stocks that jump, you know, 50% in a day. Typically, by the end of the week, they're back at what they were trading for, and you got a million bag holders now. Yeah, we've had people comment on the YouTube channel about, oh, I bought this thing at the top, and I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, some people I think got lucky and stuff, like GameStop, you know, maybe it was starting to really rip, and it was up 100%, and, you know, they bought in, and luckily that thing went to 500 for them. But um, yeah, a lot of these, they go up to two, three, four, five bucks and like that's the top and you got all these people buying in and it's just like you've got to get into those things before they make a move. I mean, you almost just got to be lucky a lot of the time. You're like, oh, this thing's traded for a buck. I'll grab, you know, a couple hundred shares or something and see what happens. And then, you know, it goes to 10 bucks or, you know, something insane and you can make out. But yeah, you definitely can't be a late reacting to those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you want to talk about uh, options trading when things go against you this week, right? Yeah, we're kind of talking about what's a good topic for this podcast. And uh, yeah, I think it's definitely good to just see a lot of the different ways you can help yourself out. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do when you're trading options, you know, you have a lot of flexibility and, uh, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of mitigate your loss. Um, you know, when trading options and, uh, yeah, I'll just give an example of like, um, you know, something like an iron condor is a good example. Like, Let's just say you open up an iron condor on something and one of the sides starts to get tested. You know, the markets are, you know, the price of the underlying is just going against you. And, you know, you see things, I don't know, maybe something breaks like a key support level or resistance level or something. And you're just like seeing that this thing might go max loss on you. And, you know, instead of just sit there and watch it happen, you do have the ability to make adjustments and reduce loss. And like, sometimes you can even walk away with profit. I, mean, I know we've talked about uh, rolling stuff before um, on different episodes and stuff, but you know, outside of just rolling, like what else can you do to adjust when, you know, trades start to go against you. And, um, you know, let me, I'm just going to pull up favorite ticker space and just uh, <laughs> talk about, something here let's look at let's go a little far out like december 17th let's just say you sold a strangle on space so let's say you went out and sold like uh let's some good use here maybe for like the december contracts you just sold like the 22 call um so that's trading for around 100 bucks or so and let's just say you sold like the 17 put so you've got a little range here, about $3 on either side or so from where the stock is currently trading right now. And let's just say you collected a couple hundred bucks to open that trade. Let's just say the thing starts to bleed out and starts to go towards the put side um, and it falls through a key level or something. And you're just like, oh man, I think this thing is gonna burn me hard on the put side. Um, I don't know, maybe space comes out and says, we're gonna add another year of delay before we're going to start taking people to space and like you're like oh man this thing's going to die hard 
you know, what can you do um, with this trade um, outside of just like rolling contracts and buying more time? Um, you know, one thing you could do is if let's just say the thing was trading around 20 bucks and it made a hard move down um, and it was now at like 18 bucks and your call option that you sold over there around 22 is going to have lost a lot of value at that point because the price kind of moved down. Um, you know, so what can you do to kind of help yourself out if you think space is going to continue to die? Maybe it's even going to drop below your 17 short put or if it's going to hang, you you know, you might think it's going to hang out there for a while. It's just going to consolidate and, uh, you know, your call now that you have up at 22 um, isn't going to be doing you much good there if you just let it sit and kind of lose its value and die off. So what you can do is you can buy back, um, you know, that 22 call that you sold because you're going to be at a profit on it. So you can buy that back for cheaper than you sold it. And then you can roll down pretty much or open up a new call closer to where space is trading. So let's just say you think it's really dead in the water. Um, you might go out and sell like the 19 call at this point. Let's just say, you know, it's trading at 18 bucks. You can go down and sell that 19 call. Um, and let's just say you can grab another 100, 150 bucks or something. So you've just, you know, put some more credit into your account by closing out that 22, which, you know, it might be kind of worthless now or worth a lot less than you sold it for. So you buy that back and then you go and sell a call closer to the money. So you can just kind of roll that call down, bring it closer to the current price. Um, and you've got more credit and you've essentially, um, you know, helped yourself out if it continues to bleed. So that's kind of like one step you can do when something goes against you. Let's just say the strangle goes against you. And then let's just say that uh, space continues to bleed. Um, the price just keeps going lower. So what you can do at that point, let's just say space goes down to uh, right at the 17 mark. And you just think, you know, this thing might go lower. Um, you know, I want to bring in some more credit. I want to help myself out um, and minimize loss if this thing continues to bleed lower. So you can take uh, the 19 call because that would have lost some value. You're going to be at a profit on that. You can buy that thing back and you could go out and sell the 17 call. Uh, let's just see, say that thing bled to 17. So that's pretty much right at the money. So now you have a short 17 put and you have a short 17 call, um, but you have more credit again. So you're taking in credit again. Um, just in case this thing moves lower, you know, you're going to be decreasing, um, you know, your loss on the trade, um, if this thing continues to go against you. So you, you know, you went from a strangle to like a tighter strangle. And now at this point you're short a straddle. Um, so yeah, you can just kind of keep moving with the market and adjusting, uh, you know, one side of your trade. If you're doing something like an iron condor or a strangle or something like that. Um, you know, you can just kind of keep adjusting uh, with the market and kind of how things are flowing and you can just go into these different positions and, uh, you know, really help yourself out versus just, you know, sitting there and staring at the trade and feeling helpless. And you're just like, well, I'm just going to, you know, see what happens and see how low it goes and like, you know, not make any adjustments to the trade. Yeah, that's something that 
you know, we've talked about before. That's what I love about options is, you know, people know about all of the different setups, like a vertical iron condor straddle and so on. But just, you know, say you just sold a naked put on something on, say you did it on space. That naked put doesn't have to be, you know, the end of the trade. Say it starts moving against you and you're like, ah, crap, I need some protection. So then, you know, you buy a put and turn that into a vertical and say things start moving back up and you're like, okay, cool. Things are moving away from it. You know, I'm going to collect some more credit on this thing. You could open calls against it, turn it into an iron condor or a, uh, sorry, a vertical call spread, turn it into an iron condor and collect even more credit. And it's just, you know, the world of options is amazing. Like you're never stuck in a certain position. Like if you're just uh, buying or selling stock, then you need it to move in a certain direction. But with options, there's just so many different ways to uh, to mitigate losses. Like there's been certain times uh, where I knew something was going against me. And there's one thing uh, that I need to do is a lot of my trades are around 14 days to expiration. And it th- that's not a lot of time to be making adjustments. So like my uh, my snap vertical that I had on, by the time it had moved uh, against me enough that I was like, okay, this is, I'm screwed on this. I, you know, I did, if I would have sold a call spread, it wasn't worth anything because there was just no time left uh, to expiration. So, you know, turning that into an iron condor wasn't really an option because I was like, okay, well, if they pump after this, then, you know, I collected another two, three bucks in credits. It's just not worth it. So, if you do things with like 30 to 60 days out and things start moving, then you can kind of move uh, with the market a lot better and be able to collect more credits. If you're doing short-term stuff, a lot of times when things are getting closer to expiration, like my short-term stuff I do, it's, you know, I'll look at rolling, I'll look at uh, adding a different side to to the uh, option. And it's just, you know, a lot of times I'm like, okay, that's, you know, I'm adding another $50 worth of, risk for a three dollar credit doesn't really make sense so just kind of kind of roll the dice unless i can you know roll it into a further uh date but a lot of times you know that's going to be at a you know some sort of loss anyways yeah good point there comparing like the shorter term stuff to the longer term stuff if you would like the ability to really monitor your positions and make a lot of those adjustments and really um, you know, try to minimize loss on some of these trades, then you might want to look a little further out to expiration. But, you know, like you're saying, if you don't want too much management in it or you don't want to do, uh, you know, too many adjustments, you might look shorter term to expiration, kind of like you're saying, especially if you just want to like maybe put trades on and just, you know, what happens, what, you know, happens and you don't want to be like super active in managing it. You can do some uh, shorter to expiration trades and, um, like another thing um, you could do, like in that example of the short uh, strangle on space, is um, you could, like, let's just say, you know, it got down to 17 and now you're short a straddle and um, the thing just continues to bleed. Let's say it like moves down to like 10 bucks or something. It has some like massive sell off. Um, you know, on, on that kind of a trade, you're, you're not necessarily stuck 
at the straddle because the straddle is going to be way up at 17 and the price of space is way down at 17 now. Um, you could continue to move your call down and I don't, you know, if this is like that popular of a thing to do, um, but you could get inverted on, you know, that strangle that you originally opened and you could actually move your call lower than your put. Um, the thing that you're going to have to look at in that scenario is just, are you getting enough credit? um to make that move because if you think about it um your puts and your call is at 17 right now and space makes that big move down to 10 if you move your call down like let's just say three strikes down to the 14 um you know you're inverted by three dollars so you've got you know three um essentially three hundred dollars right there in the inversion so you got to kind of think about like what's going to happen. What if space rallies um, all the way back up to 17 by expiration? You know, you've got a call down at 14 now. So you're going to be at, you know, at a $300 loss essentially there on expiration if space finishes, you know, at 17 bucks. Um, so you just got to really look at, uh, you know, the width of the inversion and how much more credit you're going to collect if for whatever reason you can collect a ton of credit like more than the width of the inversion then that's a great idea but if it's not going to pay a lot to invert then you may not want to go that route and you might just leave it at the strangle and kind of let it uh you know play out how it is or maybe you only want to invert by like uh a buck you know maybe you only move the call down to 16 and you keep it a lot more narrow so um yeah, you just got to kind of think about um, the additional risk you're going to take on there because space could also like, let's say you move the, you know, your put still at 17 and your call is way down at 14. If space rallies up somewhere in the middle, you're going to be in the money on your call and in the money on the put. So, you know, you have the ability to lose uh, on both op both options there, um, you know, depending on where space finishes. So, that is like one more thing you can do. Um, and then on the iron condor side, like you were talking about, like maybe you just sold a put and then you kind of bought a put and you got a put spread going on. And then you went to the other side of the market and, you know, you sold the call spread, you turned it into an iron condor. Um, one thing that I've had a lot of success with, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it on another episode, but um, adjusting the iron condor, um, has been pretty successful for me like if i was in an iron condor on something and it moved against me pretty hard uh before the short contract whether it was the short call or the short put went in the money sometimes i would move my spread on the other side of the market um all the way down and matched it up um so let's just say in the space you know example that space started to die again and I had an iron condor on them and right before my short put went in the money I would buy back my call side of the trade um that call spread buy that back for pretty much nothing because it's so far away from the money and then I would sell uh calls to match up my puts and turn it into the box spread and that thing had been really uh good for me uh, especially on tickers like I think Tesla, Google, and Amazon. I was playing a lot at the time where I was uh, messing around with the box spreads and stuff. But 
um, that's been a really useful if you just really want to like minimize your losses as best as you can. Um, that's an option that I've used a lot and it's worked really well for me. And like, I remember one time on Google, I even made out with profit, like the trade really just totally went hard against me and I just box spreaded it. And like, I collected more credit than the width of the strikes. Um, so, you know, that's another option, uh, that you have like with the iron condor, if it goes really hard against you. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Sometimes you're just trying to mitigate your losses like sometimes things move super hard against you and there's you know very few things you can do you know you could close out at a loss immediately or you could you know do whatever you can to collect whatever credit you can to minimize your losses like you know like with my um with my snap i had on i it just wasn't moving. I knew I was going to go max loss on it, but it was so late uh, in the week. I knew, you know, there wasn't anything I could do with it, but sometimes those trades happen and you just got to know, well, crap, I picked the wrong direction on this and then just start doing whatever you can to get more credit in to make your loss. You know, you're not at max loss, just taking whatever credit you can. And I was thinking about it. This sounds kind of, difficult uh, like making all of these adjustments and you know say i had a put spread and i want to do an iron condor and you know all these little adjustments and uh in my head i was just thinking about like if i was a new option trader how you know how do i go about that where uh my broker knows that i already had this put so now i'm you know say i, I was long a put and i want to sell something against it you know how's my broker know that I already had that on and just know they know they know everything in your positions. They know, you know, how much margin it's going to take up. Um, so you don't have to like contact them about anything. If you're long a put, you can sell a put against it and they know, you know, whatever the width is, that's the margin. Like it's super easy. It's, they're not going to let you do something that jeopardizes your, you know, entire, like they're not going to let you over leverage yourself. They're not in the business of losing money. Uh, well, Robinhood used to be, but they've gotten a little better at it. <laughs> but yeah, like you, they're not going to let you do something completely ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good point. And I was going to uh, bring that up too. Wasn't there that one uh, before they kind of tightened things up a little bit? But there was that one guy that, uh, and he, I think he sold like thousands of box spreads or something and said it was like, uh, no uh what did you call it like a no way to lose money trade or something yeah it can't go tits up <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yep. i remember that so but yeah those were the older days of robin hood so they're a little better about that now but yeah um for sure especially td i know they're just going to be like nope you know you can't do this or you know you don't have the margin or uh you know if you're let's say you're already short a spread let's say it's like a five wide spread on something and then you go up to sell a call spread on the other side of the market and you want to turn it into an iron condor like you'll see it right there in the order that it's going to require zero margin because you're not really opening yourself to any additional risk because you're already at risk on the put side of like a five wide so if you go and throw up you know sell a call 
spread of a five wide on the other side, you'll see it right there in TD. They'll be like, yep, this is going to require no margin because you know, you're going from a spread to an iron condor and the width between the short and the long strike is the same. Um, so yeah, that's a good point there. Uh, you know, now that Robin Hood is kind of clean their stuff up a little bit as far as that goes. Um, you know, they won't let somebody with like a hundred bucks in their account lose 7 million like they used to, you know, let people do. But uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely something good to know there. You know what I was thinking about? And I still have a couple bucks in my Robin Hood. I might try it. Uh, I know that they, after that whole box spread incident happened, I was, I had Robin Hood and I was trading on them. And they just straight up sent out a notification, like no box spreads, and they explained what a box (laughs) spread was. And so I wonder if you can do an adjustment to a box spread like you do in TD. I wonder if they'll even allow the adjustment to it. You know, there was a little bit there. There I was doing a lot of trading in Robinhood, and I don't know if I ever tried it. But that's a good point. Like, what if you tried to, you had an iron condor, and it went against you and let's just say you wanted to try to box spread it i wonder if robin hood would just be like nope like it's like totally not the same thing that happened with that one guy but they're probably just got that position totally banned from their (laughs) platform (laughs) they just shut it down so i just want to do one man i'm just trying to do one just want to minimize max loss they're just like nope you're going max loss on this no box spreads (laughs) Yeah, it sucks to be you. And then your account shows a negative twelve thousand dollar loss, even though you had the uh, the coverage on the other side. That's happened to me right. on Robinhood before. Right, exactly. Oh uh, man, yeah, you see some funny numbers in there in Robinhood sometimes. Like, oh, I lost a million bucks. Oh, and then Monday rolls around and you're all good. God, those guys. <laughs> Yeah, I saw just a random thing here. I saw a comment on a YouTube video. I think I made a video about an IPO, VAXX, something that's coming out. And I think I even, in the article I read, and then even within Robinhood, it said the IPO pricing was going to be between 14 and 16 bucks. But somebody made a comment on the video saying Robinhood is trying to charge me like 20 bucks. Uh, is there anywhere I, you know, can I go anywhere else to get the 14 to $16 price? And I was just like, uh, just check TD. Like, I'm not too sure. Like maybe the price is different now, but like, just to make sure Robinhood is not ripping you off, like head over to TD Ameritrade <laughs> and just see what price they offer you. Yeah. Well, they did that with their own freaking IPO. Like <laughs> That's were... what I was thinking. God. Yeah. Those guys, man. Like I made that. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the the video, but I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> so, so did you have any uh, any tickets you're looking at getting into next week? Um, yeah, so specifically, uh, what was I doing on the... Oh, yeah, that's right. I was kind of near the higher end. Um for my December's, so let me see here. Because the last thing I did on the December's was the Q's. So for December stuff, I probably did the Q's in Spy. I already hit SMH. Oh man, what is SMH doing? I'm deep in the money on that. I need to die. So I'll probably do TLT. So I actually have two spreads on 
uh, for TLT for November, and they ripped back nicely. So this was a one where I think they burned me maybe in, was it October? Maybe in October. So I went out and sold another position on TLT for November because they made such a nice move lower. Um, and now both of those are out of the money. They're like practically worthless. So that's pretty sweet. So I'll probably do TLT for December. Um, and with that move higher, I might go call side. Um, and then I've got some other stuff in here. Oh, XBI. Okay, so this one. So this one, I've got three put spreads sold against XBI for November because I want to say they burned me maybe in the recent months or something. And they made such a massive move down that I just put on extra positions. And I want to say I rolled, maybe I rolled, that's what it was. I think I rolled my October, uh, one of my October spreads into November to buy more time. And uh, yeah, it's looking great because now they're up above 131. So I've got three freaking put spreads sold against this thing that all expire November 19th. So if these guys can just stay afloat, until november monthlies like that's going to be you know pretty sweet um so i'll probably God, do that, that. Huh? sorry that 122 is like a bottom they could not get beat past that yeah so that'd be great because one of my shorts is 121 uh, another short is 115 but the one that's closest to the money right now is 127 so yeah if it can just hang out and not die off below that 127 like i'm going to make out max profit on all three so yeah i gotta decide for december probably selling it put side like you're saying if they're not below 122 um and that kind of looks like a bottom i'll probably sell put uh, spread on xbi for december and then what else here xle it's another one i'll probably be looking at um and then uh xlf i'll probably sell a put on xlf for december and then uh just in general, um, probably on Monday, I'm going to be looking for anything that made a big move higher or anything that made a big move lower and just, you know, do my weeklies. Nice. You had a couple of tickers that I was looking at and one I made a video on YouTube about and that's uh, PayPal. Uh, they are like right at this level that if they don't make a move higher, then I think they're going to be screwed. You can see back in January, <clears throat> they came down, had a nice little sell-off uh, to about the 126, 125 level. And then mm -hmm. a fat rally came back next in uh, March, came and tested that again, and then kind of chopped around, made a fat move high to uh, about 310, and then it's kind of been basically just a downtrend since then. Mm -hmm. And they're right at that level right now, and they have earnings on Monday, so... To be oh, like looking, yeah, looking at the price action, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, if they didn't have earnings, I'd say, okay, they're bouncing here. Like, right. that's it. We're making a move higher. Uh, <laughs> they're but, so far away from the 21. It's like, yeah, what's going to keep them going lower? It could only yeah. be some like bad news, right? Yeah. So if, you know, that sucks for them because I'd love to get in right now. It seems like a good price to get in. But yeah. with earnings, I, I ain't touching this thing, man. I'm, this is a, a wait and see type of thing yeah watch them have great earnings and go to 300 <laughs> yeah to be honest it wouldn't surprise me i mean that dump from 
what is that? No, from just that last month from two seventy year at two seventy five or so. Yeah, it's like a yeah. uh, twenty percent dump. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't it seems like a great price to get in, but with earnings coming tomorrow, I like I said, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait. But there's nothing that tells me this thing should keep on freaking dying. <laughs> yeah, and like you're saying, unless there's bad news, it's like this thing is like oversold on the daily like yeah that thing's at a discount yeah and there's another one similar situation and that's uh ticker symbol c which is Citigroup, mm-hmm. and they're at this level right now that if they can't hold this then you know i don't know they'll i don't know they may test 58 mm-hmm. if there's you know they've already had earnings and stuff so there's no like super volatile i feel i have a feeling they're gonna bounce up from me from this position Mm-hmm. But you know they're just at this key level that it's another one of these you know wait and see type of things like okay do they break below this do they close below you know this like sixty seven dollar level uh, mm-hmm. or do they start making a move higher I have a feeling they're going to make a move higher but it's another one you know I'm just sitting back and waiting to see you know what the price action's doing yeah because they're almost oversold on the daily chart too so and like you're saying they've already released earnings right so um yeah i would expect these guys to kind of make a bounce here too but yeah being right around that key level good idea to kind of see see what happens and kind of let the market tell you what's going on yeah yeah that's the only tickers i was looking at cool all right, did you have anything else you wanted to go over? Um, nope, that was it. All right, I'll see you on the next one. All right, man, catch you later. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.